welcome for those that uh, navigate the navigating through health. Um, some have navigated through weather. We thank you. The entire praise team uh, was here today after being sliding around out there on Friday night. You know, um, uh, we thank and praise you. The angels were protecting everybody, keeping them from hurt, harm, and danger. Um, took care of the Washingtons, you know. Got a dent on the cars, no more, no less, right? <laughs> yeah, so we just thank God for, um, um, for just taking care of all of us. And those that are recovering out there, some, uh, quite a few people I talked to are doing well. Probably see them next week, but uh, we just, we just <laughs> thank God for he's a special God to, to navigate through a lot, uh, a lot of stuff. So I, I wanted to just throw that out there. As we get into uh, 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 the power will break through, that's, that's our message for today, and that's our vision. Um, and, I, and I promise to give you a token of the vision so you can be looking at it, and I'm still mindful of that. I just wanted to wait till I got to the end so we're not playing off of that. Uh, let's kind of pick up a little bit. I know we ended with uh, talking about birth, travail, and strength last week, and I wanted to highlight something so interesting. Sabrina had the dream, so, so that was powerful. Like, I got a picture. I'm a visual guy. So when she was saying the dream, like, I'm looking at this, this ball of power. And I was actually, I be watching stuff, so I, so it's, I think it's called uh, Eternals. Not necessarily really all up into what their whole process is, but I remember the guy got, like, uh, he, he pulled together, like, a ball of light. <laughs> You know, it threw it at somebody. So when you said that, that's what I was thinking of. Uh, and then Pastor Mel jumped in. I was telling Ray back there, I said, boy, we got some wonderful disciples. They don't even give you a chance to teach the sermon. They're already, they're already here. The sermon has already begun, you know, <laughs> with the praise team. Um, uh, <laughs> so this is interesting because it's what we're going to talk about today. So, so, you know how in your life you say if, 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 uh, if I just had a breakthrough, you know, like different states, man, if I just had a breakthrough. You know, I heard Minister Lamar praying um, about the time he had with God, was saying, talking about the time he had with God, but just talking about, God, I know you have more for me, and I, and I want more, and I expect more. And basically what he's saying is, if I just had a breakthrough, right? You know, if I just had a breakthrough. Um, what we're really saying is, if I could come forth. When we say, if I could just have a breakthrough, what we're really saying is, if I could just come forth beyond the veil. You know, because there's this, this, this veil, this, this, you know, when, when, you, when you're caught up in sin, born in sin, slip in sin, jump in sin, you can pick any category, that's a, that's a separation from God. It creates this veil where you're clouded from some things. So you live this uncertain, uh, uh, I don't know, or maybe haven't. I heard somebody talking about that today. You, you start to say to yourself, is that God? Is that me? Oh, I'm sorry. I went over to the the, the discipleship class in the, the, fellow, in the fellowship hall, and that's, that, I think it was you. I don't know who somebody was saying. It was Ty, Ty. You know, All right? So, so, so you know, kind of when, when that veil is there, there's something, you know something's missing. And what it is is you're, you're cloaked from it. You know, you're cloaked from it. You know, you know, you know like so, so you got this fight to, to be, and you know God has more, and you know I'm designed to do this greatness, and sometimes you, you get out of here, you just, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this because you just know there's got to be more to it than this. You know what I'm saying? But so, so you're, there's, a, there's a veil there, and you're waiting for this breakthrough, and the, what you're saying is, I, I'm ready to come forth, right? Let's look here at Philippians 3. Look here at Philippians 3. If I could just, you know, come from behind the veil and get into the splendor of God, you know, whoo. It would be such a relief, you know, tired of this mess, right? All right, we're going to focus on verse 13, but let's start at verse 10. It says, that I may know him, look, look, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, like being made conformable unto his death. I'm totally buried. I'm gone. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. So I'm trying to be conformable unto his death so I can experience the resurrection from the dead. 
So so the thing about Christ, when Christ gave himself and he died, he, he had to wait. He had to wait and believe that God would resurrect him. Now, that power that resurrected him is what he was living by through for the rest of his life. So, he, so, so the life that he was living, he was living through the power of the resurrection, not his own might and his own power. But he had to die to all of him to get all of God. Does that make sense? So, so that's the hard part for us, right? Is dying to all of ourself, our understanding, our intellect, right? You know, our ways of doing things, like, like we have philosophies, we was having a talk since, uh, I think Ms. Lamar brought it out, Guy Talk, but since you brought it out, then I'm going to bring it out, right? We was having a talk, and, 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 and Ms. Lamar brought it out yesterday uh, when he was teaching on Guy Talk, but in the conversation, we kept, we kept, the conversation we was having with, with Ms. Lamar, we kept trying to go deeper and deeper to the core of, of, of why we operate the way we do. See, see, so sometimes we're, we agree to change, and that's, that's, what, that's what we call mental assent, but our challenge is not we agree in the change. Our challenge is our default, our subconscious, our core. So, so you ever know like you've agreed to do something, but some, sometimes you end up doing what you did before? Or you snap back? Well, that's, that's, that's because that's, that's what we do without thinking about. So once you agree to change, now you have to meditate and stay locked in, as they were talking about over at the Disciples' Cross class, you have to be committed to follow Christ to a point where old things are passed away and all things become new. So some of us, some things have become new, but not all things, So because we, we hadn't totally buried ourselves. So sometimes we're living off of some of God's resurrection, but before he could fully resurrect us, we try to resurrect ourselves, right? All right, so, so, so I'm going somewhere with this. All right, so verse 12, it says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. Look, look, either were already perfect. See, because if I think I'm already perfect, then I'm not going to yield to change, right? It says, it says, but I follow, I follow after but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. So I'm trying, he's trying to apprehend me. But now I'm trying to yield, so I'm trying to apprehend what's trying to apprehend me. That works out, right? As opposed to I'm running from what's trying to apprehend me. See, our pride, our stubbornness, our, I would have changed, uh, Pastor Melanie, if you hadn't asked me. If you ask me, I didn't think of it, so now I don't even hear you because I got to think of it. I got to be the catalyst for my change. We ain't going to never change if we think like that, right? So verse 13, it says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. That's an overconfidence word. We can say I count myself not to have already arrived, right? It says, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, that's, that's even all the things that I think is sweet about me, right? And all the negative things that's happened to me and all the labels that's been put on me, right? And, oh, you know how you feel? Oh, you know how you, like, like, like things are starting to roll, right? You get a little momentum. And you know how something in you is looking for something to happen? And it's been happening for years, right? Like, you know, you get on the roll and you go, you know, like, 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 like something creeping, like, you know, and then like, let's say you, you get a phone call or get a letter from the IRS or, or, or the, the family member call that normally you'd be like, oh, Lord. And something in you go, this is, go- this is it. This is when it's going to happen that I was looking for it to happen. How about casting down those imaginations too? How about shifting it into, oh, no, 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 something good is happening. <laughs> right? All right, stay, stay with me here. Stay with me. All right, so uh, it says, uh, uh, where am I? Uh, I forget no things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. So now what I'm doing here is all my energy is reaching forth, not playing off of what's behind me, right? All my energy is reaching forth, right? So I'm reaching forth. I'm breaking through to the things that are before me. I'm breaking through to the things that God has for me, right? Because I'm reaching for, you know, when they showed us the, 
the pictures of the babies coming out, you see the hand coming out, breaking through, right? <laughs> right? Breaking that womb, right? And so, so God wants to, and this is, this is, work with me here. When we're believing for it, God wants to break us, right? He wants to weaken our manipulation, our lack of faith, our magnifying fear to release his blessings within us. So, so, so a lot of times when we're praying, God is sending us what's going to break us. But we're fighting what's going to break us because we're going, no, that can't be the blessing. No, 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 yes, it can. We think the blessing is coming from somewhere out there. No, it's coming from in here. But God has to break these, these. We're in the way. You know how God can be really sending you something. I don't know. I don't believe that. You know, stuff like that don't happen for me. I don't know. That's us. That ain't God. That's us. That's us looking over our shoulder. That's us thinking for the worst case scenario. And listen, listen. Why would somebody fake like they're blessed? Why would somebody fake a happy marriage? Because they don't believe for it. Right? Because if you believe for it, why would you fake it? Why would somebody come to the altar and fall down before the power even hit them? Because they don't believe what? The power knocked them down. Right? Why would you hustle for a position? Because you don't believe God will resurrect you to the position. Right? Like, 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 all these, listen, I'm, I'm saying this respect. All these, like, everybody's a, mem- uh, everybody's a minister. Everybody's a motivational speaker. Everybody has a, yeah, an internet business. Everybody. But, but is everybody prospering? Because everybody's, don't believe God will resurrect them to what they want to do. Some of these people that you've seen fall, they orchestrated the whole thing. For years, and it just came to a head. I'm not trying to dog nobody out, but we was watching the Tammy Faye Baker story, right? And if you just watch the whole thing, man, like, like just lost sight of God. And, and, and from the first thing Jim purchased, what, what God did, he said it was a blessing, but eventually it got repoed. So was it a blessing? You see what I'm saying? But, but he, he just kind of blew it off. Hey, this, this is a blessing from God. Now he orchestrated and manipulated to get the vehicle. And they walked out of the hotel and it was gone. And he's like, uh, I think I parked it here. I parked it here. Um, I know I paid the bill. Did I pay the bill? I might not. Have, I'm not sure. I'm so sorry, Tammy. I did. No, you knew you didn't pay the bill. <laughs> but it was like, I, I think, I po- Tammy, I possibly, oh, I just don't. Then, then it was like, I'm sorry, why are you saying sorry? Because you know you ain't paid. So you, you manipulated because you didn't believe God would resurrect you and, and do what's gifted. All right? So, 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 so again, he, that's why God's trying to break these things because he's trying to release some things in us. So John 12, 24, said, it says this, except the corner we fall to the ground and die, crack open, um, okay, let's, let's go there. Let's go to John 12, right? Because we're talking about the power of breakthrough, but, but there's, there's something in a way, something sealing the power from breaking through, and it's us. <laughs> right? So, so John, John 12, 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat, now think about a seed, that's what it's saying, fall to the ground and die, think about it being buried, Right? It says, uh, except it fall, if it doesn't do this, it'll abide it alone. It says, but if it die, gets buried, it bringeth forth much fruit. Right? So if it, if it die, it goes through the pressure of that dirt and it's cracked open. If it doesn't die, uh, what happens is it's saying it abides alone because now it's not, it's not, if it doesn't go through that burial, that death and that burial, it sits there uh, uh, shelled up. So all the power is locked in. But, but we want the power released, right? So what we do is we're that seed. We bury ourselves under the pressure 
And that pressure cracks us open and releases what's on the inside of us, right? And, and so that's when we start to produce much fruit, or we could say multiplication. But we fight getting cracked open. We fight get the breaking, but we want the breakthrough, right? Right, so, so the script says, I must decrease so he can increase. See, I want this power. You know, my wife talked about, uh, we talk about this in the new birth class, uh, how uh, I believe it's Titus 3.5 or 2 Timothy 3.5, one of the two, I believe it's Titus. But it talks about how you were regenerated, how the, the, the Holy Spirit comes in you and regenerates or makes alive your, your spirit that was dead through sin. And so he comes in that, that, and indwells in you and quickens your spirit, man. That starts the process of you becoming new. And hopefully now you go through from the indwelling to the infilling and get filled with the spirit. And then you get filled to the spirit and, and, and there, there's a, there's, then you go to that level of an outpouring, right? And so that spirit in you is trying to work in you to willing to do God's good pleasure, right? Uh, Philippians 2. Uh, uh, 13, right? And so our goal is not chasing the power, it's to bring it forth or to birth it. Our goal is not chasing the power, but to bring it forth, to birth it, right? Uh, uh, Sabrina quoted Ephesians uh, 3.20, right? Now on him is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask to think according to what? The power that works in, in you, right? And so, so, so let's look here at second Corinthians 12. Some of these scriptures we've discussed a lot here at the church, um, but you can see God has been trying to release this power for a long time in a lot of our lives, but it's hard. You know, um, I got that from Terrence. You know, it's hard. <laughs> you know, we were talking about that was, a, that was a premarital, I think. <laughs> you know, navigating through uh, just waiting on the day of consummation, right? <laughs> so it's hard. <laughs> right? But what was hard? What was hard was to keep the flesh from getting in the way of waiting for the opportunity to come together as one and the power of God to fall, to, to fall right? It's hard, you know, because your, your flesh says, well, hey, I mean, we're going to get married. <laughs> what are we waiting on, right? No, we're waiting on, 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 on the the. the, the the timing and the position of being under God in agreement, letting that power flow through, the burdens and yokes get removed, right? You know, because the presence of God shows up, right? When two people come together in agreement, and then you teach that, the anointing hits, puts the guy to sleep, you know, because the burdens and yokes are removed. He, he out and he dreams dreams and sees visions, right? A little advanced, uh, that's a little advanced uh, boot camp, right? Right? And so, 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 but you're waiting on that power to hit, right? Birds and yokes destroy you, dream dreams and seize visions, and all of a sudden, and then you draw on the favor of God. In addition to the favor you have, you draw on favor from that, that, that spouse, right? That's what we're waiting on, right? And so, so, it's hard, but it's hard also for us to, to wait for to consummate our relationship with God the way we're supposed to. How is it consummated? We bury ourselves. His power comes, resurrects us, gets intimate with us, right? At the place of, of our death to self, that power meets us at that place and resurrects us with all power. So now the life that we live is not us, it's Christ that lives in us because we're crucified with Christ now, right? Galatians 2.20, right? Right, so that, that's, that's, that's but it's hard for us to do that, right? Because the flesh always want to get in the way. Right? Our urgency want to get away. Well, I got to get that now. I got to have that now. I got to do that now. Well, if I wait, this going to happen. Right? You know, it's all, it's, we all in our head. Then sometimes we go and we start to seek ungodly counsel. Ungodly counsel will always have you de uh, deflect and rush. But what you waiting on? Do it now. And, 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 and ungodly counsel counsel will always have you unaccountable, right? Not accountable. It'll have you in uh, discord, not harmony. Ungodly counsel have you sleeping in your bed when you should get up and punk your flesh and drag your flesh because you're done. You kill your flesh the more you make it do what you wanted to do, right? All right, so anyway, that's a whole nother story, but let's go here to 2 Corinthians 12 
and we'll start here at verse 7. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. I, I was sharing this with somebody uh, this week. Man, I talked to so many people this week, but some people from the past. And I was, I was, we were talking about excellence. And I said, yeah, I, 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 you watch it. Remember we talked about this. I operated in a level of excellence, but I didn't really understand what excellence was. Dr. Ira Hilliard from uh, Houston, Texas, he comes out and he teaches the church. Then he teaches the staff on excellence. And he made this statement that's changed my life. He says, you're only as good as the unsupervised areas of your life. He says, you're only as good as the unsupervised areas of your life. See, so you have some people that can look good in front of people, look good, they dress good, look nice. You go in their car, you'd be like, whoa, you live here? You go in their home, you'd be like, whoa, you, you guys okay? You, you need some counseling? Are you depressed? Right? So, so you're only as good as the unsupervised areas of your life. So there's certain things we do. Y'all might not notice it. We, uh, uh, Marcus did it, but I, but I said, I said, Marcus, we gotta, we gotta change the, the window things. You remember the, uh, the film in the windows? Y'all probably don't even remember. It, it was, it was kind of like some type of uh, crossword puzzle. It was just the eyes, and you know, yeah, give me a vow. <laughs> you know, you had some, some out, some in, but we lined it up. Somebody might say that's not important. It's just excellent. You know, we got one cement done, and then it made the other cement look like it was old. We got it fixed. Why? Excellence, attention to detail, right? And so, so, so what, what am I saying? The flesh don't want to be excellent. The flesh will get comfortable with dirt. Because the flesh, the, 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 see, see, the flesh doesn't want to evolve because that's light. And light draws attention to dirt, don't it? <laughs> you still think I'm talking about the room, don't you? All right, so, so let's go here uh, uh, as we're talking about this. 2 Corinthians uh, 12, 7. Actually, you can watch people around you. You can tell how much time they spend with God by their excellence. See, now somebody will take that and convert that into, he's trying to say, he's not trying to say anything because he ain't say no names. But if you start thinking like that, we talking about you. <laughs> I mean, think about it because they ain't say no names. And then what's wrong with the statement if it challenges you to be more excellent? How is that a put down? But it's true. You can tell people that spend a lot of time with God by their excellence. I'm included. Gee whiz. Drop your rocks. I wasn't pointing to you, Patanz. I was pointing to the people out there in TV land. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so verse 7. It says, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation." Now, now, what does this mean? This means Paul had a lot of revelation, like some, some people sitting here and watching. No stuff, right? Now, 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 Paul was beyond just knowing stuff. Some people have a lot of information. They think it's revelation. But he actually had a lot of revelation. It says, so unless I should be exalted above measure, like see myself above where I really am, through the abundance of revelation that was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Why would he repeat something twice? He's saying it's not cool to be exalted above measure. Who would exalt us above measure? Sometimes people do. Most of the time we do. Right? We, we approve ourselves, promote ourselves, crown ourselves, ordain ourselves. Right? Title ourselves. Right? I knew somebody had like five different titles. Bishop, doctor, uh, evangelist. I'm like, are we serious? But anyway, let's stay focused here. It says, uh, it says, number eight, it says, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me because I didn't want to deal with this. Now, sometimes we're dealing with stuff and we're in denial that we're dealing with it. And sometimes we embrace the fact that something's happening here. And it's happening to make me aware of something. 
Well, he, he asked the Lord three times. Sometimes we ask the Lord one time, we go, well, I don't understand why this is happening. Keep, keep on asking. You'll find out. Keep on asking. Right? It says, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So he says, he says all you ever needed was me. Now you realize you need me. So now the revelation is, my grace ain't went nowhere. My ability in you to do hasn't changed. Your confidence in your ability is the only thing that's being questioned right now. That never was why you were doing what you were doing. There's no competency in ourselves. It's through, it's through God that we're doing these things. You know, uh, who, uh, one of y'all quoted it uh, over in the uh, discipleship class, John 15, 5, apart from him, we can do nothing, right? Right? Apart from him, we can do nothing, right? And you know, so some people just jumped on that and some people were like, okay, I'll take your word for it. Okay. Guess you need a message of Satan to buffet you. <laughs> right? It says, it says, most gladly, therefore, now, now it went from red letters to black letters in my Bible. So Paul's talking again. He says, most gladly, therefore, will I, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Did you, did you get that? So when stuff is happening, as long as I don't lose the power resurrecting or breaking through or resting upon me, I'm good. I may lose my confidence in self, but I don't realize that's been, that's been uh, extinguishing the power, right? It says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. It, that's the anointing and the, the anointing one and the anointing. That's what Christ means. We know the anointing is what? The burden removing, yoke destroying, power of God. It says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Right? And, and, and so, so this breaking that he was going through was so the power. Can, can rest or, or break through to a point where he's saturated in it, right? And so, so this is the key. We have to embrace the breaking before the breaking. Or I can say it this way. We have to embrace the breaking before the breakthrough, right? We have to embrace the breaking before the breakthrough. So the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, it says we have this treasure hidden in what? Earthen vessels. Right? Let's look there real quick. Only a few chapters over. Now look, because now, I wanted to read the rest of the verse, right? It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, right? That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. That the excellency, excellence is what? Attention to detail. The, the, the complete, I said 2 Corinthians 4, 7, didn't I? I didn't say that? Let me explain something to y'all. <laughs> Keep up. No, I'm just playing. No. <laughs> All right, no, no, I apologize if I didn't re-emphasize 2 Corinthians 4, 7, okay? All right, so it said that the excellency of the power may be of what? Of God and not of us. That connects to what we just read. That's why he went through the breaking. So, 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 so the complete power may, may come through us from God with none of us filtering it. Can we guarantee that in our life? As much as we guarantee how much we know, how much insight we have, how much revelation we have, can we guarantee that the power is coming through God and not of us? Right? Does that make sense? Use that word excellent in there too, right? See, with excellence, I'm only as good as the unsupervised areas of my life. So, so in my, when I'm in church and I, and, I, and I talk God and I talk holy this, that, and the other, and I'm praying and different things like that. But this is says you're only as good as the unsupervised area of your life. So I actually have to be excellent. So again, I was talking about if you clean your car, you clean your house, this, that, and the other. But what about cleaning our house? 
We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, so, so have we cleaned our house with attention to detail so the excellency, so to be excellent in the power of God? Right? We good? We good? Just, again, these are targets, right? I'm sharing them as targets. So obviously we all aren't there. God wouldn't be sharing this with us, right? So, hey, don't worry. You, you don't have to worry. We all are growing, right? But it should be moving in that direction. See, there's some people that stop at a, at, 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 and say, well, I'm good now. And then they roll in a confidence in themselves. And so then when they're interrupted with this, the, the messenger of Satan, it throws them because they don't understand why. But the reason why they don't understand why, because you should have never stopped to say, I'm good. You should have never stopped to say, the excellency is of me. It's not of us. It's of God, right? All right, so, so, so let's look here. Uh, Jeremiah. I think it's Jeremiah. Please let it be Jeremiah. What's up, Tate? <laughs> All right, okay, so, so we'll start with Jeremiah 5, and we're going to start at verse 1. Jeremiah 5, verse 1, okay? It says, run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem and see now and know and seek in the broad places thereof if you can find a man. Now, I didn't say the narrow place. It says the broad places, right? It says, if you can find a man, if there be any that executeth judgment that seeketh truth, and I will pardon it. He says, so if you find anybody that seeks judgment, remember we said judgment is, is the pro- properly assessing the situation, right? We talked about that in the uh, power fellowship class, right? Power fle- fellowship, not class, but. No, we talked about that in uh, Wednesday. We might have talked about it 12 o'clock too. I told you that these, all these Bible studies run together, right? It says, so it's a person that executed judgment that seeketh truth, right? I will pardon it. It says, and though they say the Lord liveth, Surely they swear falsely. So you got people that's that's communicating the right thing. God liveth. I love Jesus. See, the Bible says, it says, but they swear falsely. Verse 3, it says, O Lord, are not thine eyes upon the truth? Right? It says, thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Right? It says, thou hast consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than a rock. They have refused to return. So he's saying that there's people that are not doing what God is saying. So God is sending them to breaking, but they're getting around to breaking, excusing to breaking, justifying everything but embracing, I need to change something. See, because God's trying to get the power to break through, Right? This is what it says. It says they've gotten harder. It says, because you know how you try to talk to somebody and you, because, okay, so, so you ever, uh, this happens with, I'm going to use children, but I guess it, it's with young adults too, with older adults, with old, old adults, with everybody. But I'll just use children. So you know how you're trying to talk to a, young, a, a child and you realize they're getting harder. They, they were pliable before their heart was open to receive, but they're getting harder. So when you start talking to them, then they get even harder because they think you're trying to fix them, not that you're trying to help them. You're trying to take off that shell to, to, to pour in what it's going to take for them to be fulfilled, right? See, because if they, if they were fulfilled, they wouldn't have to hide. Fulfillment doesn't hide. Fulfillment is, 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 is displayed for everybody to see, right? Right? Are we, are we on the same page here? HCC, are you with me? No. <laughs> All right, so, so this says we, we, we refuse correction or correcting what's wrong or we're refusing transformation, right? We're refusing what, it, what it's going to take to release the power in us. See, every aspect of our lives, you know, if, if my, my son is watching or when he sees this, it could be a church, 
Uh, like every aspect of my son's life, I was trying to give it what it takes to bring out what was in him. Every, I, I watch him with my grandson and with my granddaughter. He's trying to give them what it takes is going to bring out within them. What sometimes they try to hold on to, they try to hold on to what they're comfortable with, but they don't understand what they're comfortable with is restricting what's in them that's trying to come through them. But that does not use them, but I'm talking about us. We don't understand what we're holding on to. It's what's stopping us from the very thing that we want to break through the blessings. Right? We got to let it go, right? See, see, see uh, 1 Corinthians. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2. Again, we're talking about the power breaking through, but today we're spending some time with recognizing what's been restricting the power from coming through. Now, now, the interesting thing is this chapter, uh, I'm not going to go into the entire chapter, but in my Bible, this chapter just opens up and it says the power of God. That, that's, that's the heading for the chapter. Matter of fact, we're going to focus in on verse 9 and 10, but before we go there, let's go to verse 4 because this will line up with uh, what we've been talking about. Verse 4 says, and my, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. See, enticing words of man's wisdom sounds what? Good, right? Pimps use enticing words of man's wisdom. You know that, right? No, 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 no. Ho, ho, ho. See, 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 see. See, y'all jumped the gun on that one because you think I'm trying to dog the pimps out. <laughs> I, 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 but pimps are not just the pimps you saw you know, the old school people on Superfly and all that. That's a, you know, or, or for the people that's in the next age, was it the Players Club or something like that, right? right. So each age, there's pimps. Guess this, see. He said there's pimps in the pulpit. That was going to be my next stage. People be trying to preach my sermon. But it's not my sermon, it's God. So there's pimps in the pulpit. I was going to say that. That was going to be number four. Number three, there's, there's, there's pimps in politics. There's pimps in business, huh? Colleges, pimps in colleges. And, and so, so a pimp has a way of, of getting you to do what's not best for you, and all they did was talk to you. They're, they're, they, they have enticing words of man's wisdom. You know there are pimps in marriages too, right? You, you see how... There was some louder, mm, mm, and then when I said pimps and marriage, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and so think about it. When you, when, <laughs> stop, Steph, stop, stop. I, I said, so think about this for a second. When you look at the, 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 the pimp, okay, okay, can I say, hey, can I say, can I say hoes? I can't say that? Trina said I can't say it. I can't say it? Why not? Is that a curse? I can't say it on the airwaves? Why not? Can you tell me why I can't say it? No, you can't. So, I'm going to say it anyway. I'm not going to say it. I already said it, so y'all know what I'm referring to. So, when you see the the, the pimp's puppets... (laughs) Right? When you look at the puppets, we all look at them and go, why are you letting that puppeteer puppet you like that? Right? Right? Is that what you're thinking? As much as you're saying, I can't believe he's doing that, you're looking at the puppet and going, what's wrong with you? Right? Are we good? Everybody on the same page, right? But, but, it, but don't you do that when you look at certain churches, when you look at certain businesses, when you look at politics? Don't you? Don't, don't you when you look at marriages, don't you say that? ACC, <laughs> relationships, don't. Because you say to yourself, man, you've been abused for a long time. Don't the corresponding action say something to you? See, see, the pimp has been able to, to <laughs> I know y'all, stay with me, y'all, stay with me has been able to use enticing words of man's wisdom to convince this person abused that it ain't really abused. What is it, the comedian back in the day was like, what me? 
That was, that was the line, right? It wasn't me. Busted! It wasn't me. To a point where the person would go, well, maybe it wasn't you. Maybe I'm not seeing what I'm seeing. How many of us have been played before? I got my hand up because I've been played. So we got a couple people here who ain't been played. All right, so, but the interesting thing is when I was played, the person had to, had to get me to second-guess myself, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I need to start operating in the gifts and come down your road. Yeah, I, hey, I, I can come down your road too, even though you're watching, sitting in there. Give me some of them pancakes. <laughs> so, so what I'm saying is, same thing in your life, because behind... See, the pimp is being pimped by the adversary. That's the puppeteer behind all this stuff, right? And so I'm saying this to say sometimes that brokenness breaks off our ability not to see, and we start to see the details clearly, and now the power can break through because we're allowing the puppeteer to, to suppress our ability to flow freely in the things of God, right? We got to go back to the message, who's got your ear? Okay. <laughs> All right, so, so, so in my speech and my, my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and power. So now this is the difference. Uh, when God is in operation, it's not somebody manipulating it. It's power manifesting. So you see, you can't deny power. But, 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 but words can, can soothe your talk. Do, you, do, do people look at the person that's talking to them? Do they ever say, how come it's not working for you? So even if you have a bunch of puppets, I was about to say the other word, but if you have a bunch of puppets, right? How is the puppeteer making money? Through the puppets. Remove the puppets. They broke. <laughs> right? Y'all don't see what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, all right. All right. <laughs> Ooh, if you really see, 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 see what I'm saying, you see a whole lot of pu- puppet, puppeteers are going to get exposed. And then a power will break through. Right? All right. All right. So, 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 okay. Demonstration of spirit and power. Look, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, soothing words, but in the power of God. Right? That power looks like something, doesn't it? All right, let's go to drop down to verse 9. It says, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither is entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that, number one, love them. It says, but God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Right? All right, so, 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 so the Scripture tells us in Philippians 1, be confident in this very thing that He's what? He has begun a good work. Where at? In you will perform it when? Into the day of Christ Jesus. So He started something when He indwelled you with power. And, and the confidence is that you're going to continue to resurrect into what God wants manifest in your life, right? If you allow the breaking for the breakthrough, right? See, because if any man be in Christ, he's what? what? What's passed away? Are they passed away though? You see what I'm saying? We got to allow them to pass away. And when we allow them to pass away, you know what happens? Behold! Right. Did you get it? God, you're seeing it. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Second Corinthians 1. Second Corinthians 1. We're going somewhere with this, right? Because, again, because uh, Z says something, I believe it was Z, uh, one of the studies, <laughs> when she was saying, the power's already broke through. That was Friday morning, right? But, but that conversation was people breaking themselves. Uh, you use the scripture, the sacrifice of God are broken the contrite heart. It's in my notes, but you use that scripture, right? 
right? So, so, so the Holy Spirit quickened you to say, hey, the year just started and the power's already broke through. But you sense that power and that presence in a conversation where people were breaking themselves and yielding themselves and, and, and open to the Holy Spirit and accountable to one another and being transparent and vulnerable, right? And being challenged and corrected, right? Am, am I correct? All that was taking place at one time or in, in two hours, right? Am I right? Right? He opened up and broke down, right? But who breaks down like that? They have to have a broken and contrite heart. So now the, that, that power of love, love can come through because you are highlighting the, the power of love, right? You, you understand what I'm saying? Okay, because it got to start there. You know, people that are in love do some phenomenal things. There's a young man, uh, his name, I'm going to give you props, Chris Conwell. Um, another young man, C. Grant. They both play for Ohio State. So Chris has been here plenty of times because we've baptized, I think we've baptized at least two of the kids, right? I think it was two of them. Could have been one, two. But I know it was one recently. And um, no, we, oh, I think the other one we did a ded dedication. Did we do a dedication? We, I think we did a dedication for one and we did a baptism for the other. And, um, and so uh, I show up at Bible study at Ohio State University with the football team, and we was doing it in this hotel. And so we had a, I guess it was like the auditorium. So when I come in, Chris... Uh, C. Grant is playing. C. Grant is playing, playing. He ain't like playing around. He's playing. Like, he, he. And I'm like, what in the world is this? And then Chris was singing. Singing, singing. And so I looked, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I said, y'all can do this? And Chris at the time was going to the church. I said, how come you ain't singing at the church? He said, well, you know, I'm playing football. I said, I said do you realize how good you would be playing football if you actually shared your gift of song? See, because what would have to go through him to share love, the love of, to, to God through his voice? Well, that virtue that goes through him is going to pour out in all the other stuff he did. Remember when Jesus uh, uh, prayed for the person and the virtue went through him, he went and raised somebody from the dead after that, right? I think I'm right. Healed, raised, yeah. I'm, I tell the story a thousand times, so I'm sure I'm right. Right? You understand what I'm saying? So, 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 so when she was talking about that love, and, and, and the Holy Spirit quickened us to say the breakthrough is already happening because it was about love first. It was embracing the breaking for the breakthrough. So 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 9. I believe. 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 9. Uh, it, says, it says, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, look, look, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we, des we despaired even, our, of, even of life. But we had the, the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raises the dead. So it says we, so, so we was going through stuff where we were despairing even our life. That's how, that's how deep this breaking was. But he realized through this breaking, it was showing me I, that I can't, say I can't trust myself because all of me is, is gone. So the only thing I can rely on is God. That's when the power breaks through. That's when the power breaks through. Uh, the scripture says God is pleased when we endure unfair affliction. Remember, it's, uh, it's uh, 1 Peter 2, 19 and 20. It says, it says, if you be buffeted and you're wrong and you take it patiently, you should. You're wrong. He says, but if you are treated unfairly and you take that patiently, it says, that's giving a, a, a glory and a good conscience towards God. 1 Peter 2, 19 and 20. But we run from those situations. We think it's trying to take something from us. It's getting something to us. Because there's another strength you have to operate in when you have to yield to when people coming at you crazy. There's another power you have to have. Jesus had it. See, fellowship with his suffering. See, see, see we think we all going to get beat with straps and, and thorns. We don't need to be. We get beat enough with misunderstanding and people tripping. But he went through that. He went through them dogging them out and, and, and treating them like trash. 
He was the Messiah. It says he came into his own and they received him not. So we trip if somebody just don't look at us a certain way or somebody says something that's uncomfortable for us. Look at it. Fellowship with his suffering so you can resurrect in his power. Then we just read that in Philippians 3, 13, right? Right? So, so, so the Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, it says, For your light affliction is but for a moment in time, worketh for you a far more exceeding weight of glory, power. This is right before he says, look, look not on the things you see for their temporal, look on the things that you can't see for the eternal in the next verse, verse 18. It's, it called affliction light. And it says it's but for a moment. Look at all the things that's happened to us happening in a moment. Let's say somebody says something to you crazy. How long did it take for them to say it? We can't even give them 30 seconds, right? 10 seconds? 15? How long did you carry it, though? Took them, a, took them a few seconds to shape years of your life. Okay, let's, somebody, let's say somebody betrayed you. How long did it really take? We're going to give it more than seconds. Minute, two, five, 15, 20. I'll give you a half hour. Took them a half hour to betray you. How long did you carry? See, see, you thought that the betrayal, the talking about you crazy, the misunderstanding, you thought it was about that moment. It was the adversary trying to steal your ability to release the power in you. Because what did you do? You hardened yourself so it wouldn't happen to you again. And that shell got harder and harder. So yes, you were protecting yourself from hurt, but you was blocking the ability to release power. How long did you carry? Scripture says we're supposed to worship him in spirit and in truth. In spirit, that means saturated in the spirit. And in truth, the truth is what's behind that shell. The truth is final reality. It's, 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 it's the real, right? And so, so, so sometimes we're not worshiping in spirit because if I'm in spirit, I'm, in, I'm submerged in the spirit. And then if I'm in truth, I'm in the full truth, right? I'm in reality, not make-believe. Some of the stuff that we did, we go, you know, I realized I shouldn't have done that. Did you realize it that day or did you been knowing? Or you're in church now. You're in church. Some of you got Bibles in your hands, so your hands are already on the Bible. So you're under oath. You're under oath. <laughs> Didn't you already know it? But it was hard to let it go, right? Because you were already committed in that direction, right? Come on, come on, come on. Should be more than Z saying yes. The whole church should be, yes. I should hear y'all on the airways. Yes. Right? Because we know. We already know. We just been in denial. D I know. <laughs> we, we, we've been de in denial. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? So, so the scripture says this, uh, John 15, 7. It says, look, if you abide submerged in me and my words, which is light, submerged in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. But, but why can you, you can ask what you will from what you see inside you. See, because if you abide in me, you submerge yourself in me, and my word submerge yourself in you, the entrance of the word bring of light, gives understanding to the simple. So the more word I get, the more light I get, and I see the treasures hidden in my earthen vessel. And when I see the treasures or earthen vessel, I'm asking in according to his will that he's placed on the inside of me. Because the Bible says you delight yourself to the Lord, he'll, he will give you inside of you the desires of your heart. They're already in it. Right? But sometimes we taint them with the things of the world. We take in what they say should be your desires when God has already placed them in a treasure hidden in your earthen vessels. Right? It's already in there. He, like, like, like uh, he fearfully and wonderfully made you. You think he forgot what you would need? You think he forgot what, what you should desire that, that will fulfill you? But what happens is we get exposed to these cultures and these cultures start to uh, have an impression on us, and, and they start to pull us out of harmonizing with what God intended for us in the first place. 
And they start to put layers on what they say, layers of what they do, layers of what they say is, is valuable. That's why we did the whole teaching um, uh, a money point of view. You know what I'm saying? Because these layers and layers and layers, it's stopping us. I had a conversation with, 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 with somebody um, this week, and they were saying, uh, somebody I've known for a long time, the, a young minister, he's like, man, one of the things, he said, you probably don't realize, he says, but a lot of my success in business, stuff like that, is because of conversations we had. I'm still playing off those principles. And he says, I noticed something. Like, you're not moved based on what they're doing. He says, you're, you, you've stayed locked into whatever God told you to do, regardless of how it looks, how long it takes, how embarrassing it may be. He says, but, but what it is is I see something. I actually see what God is showing me, and I believe for it. And so no matter what happens, I'm still believing for it. So I'm not going to abort it because all these other offerings try to pile on my life and try to suppress what God told me. Some people are getting back to what God told them in the first place. Why are you getting back to it? Because you've allowed other things to smother it. See, see, again, you've allowed puppeteers in your life. And they've been working it for a long time. They're, they're telling you it's okay for you not to fulfill the dreams you have. They're telling you it's okay. Hey, we can just settle for this right now. That's not important. I mean, that's just going to be more challenging, more responsibility, and more accountability. It's going to stretch you more. You're going to have to be sanctified. With me, you ain't got to do all that. I mean, you're good. I accept you just the way you are because you make me feel brand new because you're not. <laughs> Dialistics. <laughs> because you're less than you are, and I... And, and I, feel I feel better about myself because I know you're more than you're supposed to be. So I feel good because I can always look at you and say, well, they're supposed to be at this level. They ain't there. So, I mean, why should I feel that bad that I'm not where I'm supposed to be? And they'll just keep piling on justifications and excuses. Age. Oh, what happened to me? How they played me. Misunderstanding of me. They, you know, they always said I, was, I wasn't smart. Who are they? Are they God? Because you've been acting in your life as if they, as if they are, right? But you got to get to a place where, oh, matter of fact, uh, in the Tammy Faye uh, uh, Baker movie, you know, basically, with all due respect, take this the way you want to, but this is, the way I, this is what I got out of the movie, that he basically was a puppeteer. And it was certain things, oh, you don't want to do that, Tammy. Oh, you don't want to do that. Then she got mad in the movie. was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm supposed to be on TV too. And God told me to do this. And God told me to do that. She kind of stood up. But for a long time, she was just kind of blowing stuff off. And, you know, as a matter of fact, it was one point in the movie where uh, he says, I'm sick. This is after when things crashed, you know. He says, I'm sick of you and I'm sick of your uh, Betty Boop voice. Right? And she stood there, she, 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 so, so they argue, and she stopped arguing. She just broke down and started crying. She's like, but I thought you liked Betty Boo. <laughs> so she was actually playing the role that she believed he liked. And it, it's another reference of why Betty Boo came up, but you have to go see the movie for yourself. Right? I, so, so, so this is the thing. What, what God is going to challenge us to do this year is to take that flesh into the presence of God. Take that flesh into all the all-consuming fire of God. Hebrews 12, 29, right? This is why the Bible says God is an all-consuming fire. See, the flesh doesn't want to go in his presence because he know, the flesh knows it's about to get burned. And, and the flesh is the, the, the storehouse of all these other layers that's been blocking the power from breaking through. They can't get to your spirit, but they can, they can, they can uh, hide them in your flesh, right? So the more you get closer to God, that all-consuming fire, uh, her Sabrina talking about her time with God today, I heard Mrs. Lamar talking about his time with, uh, with God. It's something happens when you're on your face in your presence. Just something happens. And it's easy to dismiss getting in God's presence. It's easy to, to replace it with just your, your, your exchange in the car. Have the exchange in the car. I do. I talk to God all the time in the car, right? 
I'm not telling you not to do that. But it's easy to just limit it to that and not have your, your, your FaceTime. <laughs> right? You understand what I'm saying? It's so easy to just blow it off. Like, it's, sometimes it's easy not to pray, to think you pray. It's, easy, it's so easy to take these supplements. We got Bible study fellowship. We got uh, intercessory prayer in the morning. And I almost say that's your time with God. That's a part of your, your awareness of God and exchange with God. But you better have your own time in God's face. In addition to come to the prayer, come to the Bible study fellowship, get with God before you get to it. Get with God after you get to it. Get with God during the day. You should be spending all day with him anyway, right? All right, so, so, so this, that scripture, the all-consuming fire, puts us in a position of what the scripture Isaac had, had referenced, Isaiah 51, 17, um, to have that, that the sacrifices of God are broken and contrite heart. Now, we know this. We're supposed to be presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service, right? Romans 12, 1. But that sacrifice is supposed to look like a broken and contrite heart. It doesn't look like a saving face heart. It doesn't look like an unaccountable heart. It doesn't look like a hiding heart. Right? It's a vulnerable and transparent heart. Right? See, 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 see. When something is vulnerable and, and it's transparent, light comes to it and through it. But, 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 but when, we're, when we're pride and we're hiding, light may try to come to you. Either you'll block out the light from getting to your heart, or if it does get in, it doesn't get out. Because you're not transparent, <laughs> right? You're not vulnerable, right? And so that broken and contrite heart. The Bible says God is seeking worshipers. Now realize that Satan used to be Lucifer. He was over a third of the angels, the worshiping portion of the angels. He was the, he was the archangel or the prince of the worshipers. You had Gabriel was the archangel and the prince of the messengers. You have Michael was the archangel and the prince of the warriors, right? And so, so being over to worship, he was, he was made with all types of jewelry and gold. So, so light would reflect off of him with beautiful colors. So when he showed up before God, he was, he, out of all the archangels and the prince, he was the prince of the princes. So when he showed up in God's presence, brilliance was all around him. Because God's light reflected off of all these jewels, right? And then you imagine this light just almost like just a rainbow presence. And then if he, when he moved, beautiful sounds came out of him. Music came out of him when he moved uh, through his ribs. And, and just, just so, so he was the key to worship. When he fell, do you think he lost the ability to influence music? No, it just got twisted or perverted. So, so, so when he fell, he took the people that was following him, who was following him. The worshiping angels. So God is seeking worshipers. Why? To replace what? What was fallen. Right? So that's why he's attacking us. We're taking his job. Right, so, so, so God is seeking worshipers, people loving him from the heart. Right? Broken, openly displaying what God has purposed in them. Worshiping, and, worshiping him in song and word, prophetically through the gifts and stuff like that. But we have to yield. See, 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 again, the fervent effectual prayers of the righteous make what? Much power available, right? I know that's the Amplified version, right? This is avail of much. I know, yeah, I know the scripture, right? So, 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 and it says if, 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 if two, as, as touching and agreeing on anything, God is what? There in the midst. So what happens is, I, I, I taught this years ago, but it's almost like God, God is love, right? So God is love, and, he, and, and he's, he's he is, look at God as a plane, a plane of love. And he's looking to land, but he's looking to land on love, but, but in a world of darkness. So to think about planes when they land, when it's in dark, they strategically have lights set up, not all over the place. So imagine those lights if they was all over the place. The plane's going to do what? Crash. It's a narrow way. They're in line and they're in harmony, right? The lights are in harmony. They're spaced proportionately and they're in harmony. So the plane from the air sees the landing strip. 
See, so when we worship and we operate in love, we're the lights that are shining bright for God to land his love on. And when he lands his love on us, the gifts get stirred up in us and the power breaks through us. The adversary wants to do what? He wants to dim that light because he doesn't need us worshiping God freely. He doesn't need the gifts flowing. He doesn't need the songs creating an atmosphere. That's why Pastor Mel emphasized sanctification, because when harmony takes place, the power shows up and stirs up all the gifts in the house. People see dreams and visions. Birds and yokes are destroyed. People are healed because the atmosphere is everybody glorifying God, power breaking through. And just as, a, just, just as an afterthought, blessings happen. As an afterthought, that ain't even the biggest goal. And the reason why it's an afterthought and the reason why blessings happen because people see the results of the power of God and it draws people what? To God. Because there's demonstration of spirit and power. And people attach their faith to what's manifested, not just what's talked about. So, these, so some of these people in your ear, you can tell if it's just enticing words based on what's happening in their lives. Right? The, what's the excellency of the spirit in their life, right? So God is breaking us to release what's inside of us so we can worship him. That draws us into his presence. That helps us to see his purpose, the truth, or the word truth means final reality. Why are we here in the first place, right? And so, so man, I guess we have to get into this next week. Uh, <laughs> that's enough. We'll just get into it next week. We're in there. Stand to your feet. That's enough. Because if I'd have got into the next thing, then it would have took us another 10 minutes. So, Days portion in the day, you know, just try to keep it tight. Did you get something today? Man, I want that power to break through in our lives. I must have extra energy because I didn't have to do the 915. And then I overslept, so I didn't go to the gym. I had extra hours of sleep, too. Let's stay here another hour. <laughs> so so uh, uh, let's pray. Father God, we lift you up, magnify, exalt you. Just thank and praise you for your wisdom and your insight. We just thank and praise you for just uh, preparing us and sharing with us, teaching us how to experience a tangible um, manifestation of your power breaking through in our lives. Lord, there's... Uh, uh, there's areas where, where we're not as strong in, but you said you give power to the faint. Them that have no might, you give strength. So we're praying for supernatural strength for those that need strength, supernatural peace for those that need peace, S- supernatural ability to yield to adjustments and changes and humility. Lord, um, to, to display the cracks so God can give us the wisdom and the insight to fill the cracks, uh, give us the love to heal the cracks, right? Um, just, just uh, give us that, 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 that balm of Gilead to, to, to make us whole. Uh, and we just thank and praise you, Lord, for just how you always know what we need, give us what we need. And we thank you for this time of vision, uh, vision 2022, as the power, your power breaks through in every aspect of our lives. We thank you as your love breaks through in our, in our, our covenants, in our marriages. Then our families, we thank, we thank and praise you as your humility and your commitment breaks through to assist us in, in extending your love to our extended family, friends, and loved ones. We also thank you that your, your, your blessings are breaking through um, and, uh, as you give us the desires of our heart. In Jesus' name, amen.